Boing. The clutch, the thrust, your cock, my butt. Ooh, shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Ooh, gimme, gimme, gimme. Your lust. The throttle, the glide, you want to slip and slide. Ooh, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. And side, real high, you ride. My lust. Happy Veterans Day, my sexy warriors. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and the veterans amongst you. It is Sunday, November 11th, 2012, and you are now listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I am your hostess, Sandra London of LiveAndGrind.com, broadcasting to you live from the sunny but cold Southern California in connection with Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Digital Podcast, and Naked Girls Radio. I will start out tonight's broadcast with Elephant Song by 72 Hours.
And that was the band 72 Hours with their song, Elephant Song. Did he say Flacus like several times? No? Okay, that's just me. <laughs> yes. Okay, let me give you one more song real quick, and I'll be right back with you. Um, and I think it's how we've already passed uh, Halloween and all this. Yes, we have, yet the song is so awesome that it doesn't even matter. Um, the artist is called Prophet 43, and his song is called Halloween Night, and it's too super cute. I have to play it. But I'll be right back with you. You're listening to Playtime with Sandra, and the call-in number is 858-815-2333. But here you go. Here's Halloween Night. <laughs> I got that bump in my trunk, it's Halloween night Bang for the city, throw your hands up high So many ghosts and goblins And mama, I love your costume Can't take on my mask, cause this is who I am I'm not gonna pretend like I'm one of them I'm a musical monster Can't kill this musical monster
Yes, yes. That was Halloween Night by Prophet 43. It's Halloween almost every night with me sometimes. <laughs> every now and again. I hope you all enjoyed that out there. Um, brief history lesson real quick. Real quick. Um, about Veterans Day. Just to let anyone know who was unaware of some brief tidbits and factoids. Okay, so it was originally called Armistice Day and was first celebrated on November 11, 1919, in honor of the casualties of World War One. It was President Eisenhower who gave it its present name of Veterans Day in 1954, when it was suggested by Raymond Weeks of Birmingham, Alabama. Ronald Reagan would later officially name Raymond Weeks the official father of Veterans Day, and uh, uh, he also honored him with a Presidential Citizenship Medal. So congratulations, Mr. Weeks. And Veterans Day is celebrated in many forms all around the world, including Britain, France, Australia, and Canada. Yay. There's your history lesson. And I'll be right back with you with some news. And I believe, I strongly believe, I will be having a lovely, fabulous, um, very blessed in the chest, lovely, excellent woman, um, G Cup Bitch, Miss G Cup Bitch herself, will join me uh, this evening. Um, and we're going to have a lot of fun, so y you all hang on tight, very, very tight. Um, <laughs> let's see. In the meanwhile, I'm going to play the song I'm Bad by The Last Vegas. Here you go.
I guess it's not just me. A cold snap has hit uh, Southern California, and I guess freezing conditions are expected for the next two nights in L.A. and Ventura County. And uh, some places, including the Antelope Valley, could see hard freezes with temperatures below 29 degrees. Um, and the general temperature is expected to drop into the low to mid-20s through Monday night. So bundle up, everyone. I'm so happy. I feel prepared, uh, having spent a lot of time on the East Coast in the past uh, year or two and uh, over yonder, over the seas and all this. So, yes, bundle up. And um, what else? I was going to say something. Oh, yes. So um, for those of you who may not be aware, uh, I did an interview with Silent J on his radio show, uh, The Junk Punch, uh, a couple nights ago. And I actually have that available on my website on uh, livinggrind.com or to livinggrindinla.com. Um, so feel free to check it out. It ended up being about two hours. And um he is pretty much, yeah, he's a veteran, I guess. Yeah. I think he's still active, though. Um, who knows? <laughs> I feel bad. Yes, he is a veteran. Um, Army veteran Silent J. Uh, Joe Stojic, if you're naughty. Yes. So feel free to check that out. And, um, ooh, yeah. I think it was last week. I was wondering what the heck was going on with the Lakers, like, having such a huge losing streak. Um, out of the floodgates, and they've uh, fired their new coach, newest coach, Mike Brown, and they're in talks with um, Phil, uh, the lovable longtime Phil, and I pro- the job's probably open to him if he so chooses to accept. That'd be kind of awesome. He's great. So here's to Phil. Um <laughs> And let's see, I have a bit more news. I'm going to play a song or some erotica. Let me see. What was I going to play? Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to play a song. I'm going to play <laughs> I'm going to play Licorice by Collabo. And then I'll be right back um, with some freaky fun facts about nothing other than sex. Ooh. And... <laughs> I will do an erotic reading, a live reading of uh, one of my stories, Um, Welcome to Eden. I'll do a live reading of that very shortly. So in the meanwhile, enjoy this next song. It's Licorice by Colabo. So one day I saw this guy, and I was like, hey, you're pretty cute. Then he, like, turned around. Oh, my God, I got red today. I want to do my algebra homework. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, my nails. Stick to the motherfucker talking this trash. I'm about to bash. I was about to crash your glass. Jaw with fists. You piss and moan. The rinse. The phone. The shit is old. Get on with this. This licorice. Ridiculous. I'm so sick of this motherfucker. Try to get with my gal. Give it up, pal. She don't want you now, but she really ain't a style. And you think these big thugs probably would get it right now. Keep it up. I'll get it. Quit it right now. The kid is quite wild and I feel it's a sound. Only people that's avoided it is women and child. Look at, look at this, look at her, look at me. Look at everybody else in the sea. See the licorice looks so sweet. I'm so sick of this licorice, licorice. Look at, look at this, look at her, look at me. Look at everybody else in the sea. See the licorice 
looks so sweet. I'm so sick of this licorice, licorice. A twisted licorice, a visual reminder. How everyone living in bliss is so blinded to all reality outside of your academy. So go ahead, get mad at me, but I'ma spit the truth. People starving in the world, how about you? You're probably shopping in the mall for some shoes. So get your shoes, come with me, let's take a walk. I want to see you talk when I drop you off outside America. How many people gonna die before you find the truth? Open your eyes wider and look around you. It's on the news when you turn on your TV, but you're too selfish to see the situation, so you change the station. But you can make a difference if you listen. If you want to get some true recognition, don't be a follower, get about the candy store, cause actions speak louder than words. Look at me, look at everybody else in the sea. See the licorice looks so sweet. I'm so sick of this licorice, licorice. Look at, look at this, look at her, look at me. Look at everybody else in the sea. See the licorice looks so sweet. I'm so sick of this licorice, licorice. It won't be boring. Yeah, it won't be boring. It'd be a good, uh, what's the word? It'd be a good rebound. It'd be a That was Licorice by Collabo. Okay, dokie. Yeah, alrighty. So I'm going to go through these uh, 13 uh, sex facts for you. I found this on uh, chacha.com, just so you know. Um, there were 20, but I picked out my favorite 13 in honor of the longest recorded dong on record, which is 13 inches. <laughs> so enjoy. Okay, number one. Uh, what is this? Ithyphalophobia is fear of seeing or having an erect penis. Number two, women with an active sex life produce more estrogen, resulting in smoother skin and shinier hair. Number three, uh, with nothing in its past, a penis can shoot semen 12 to 24 inches away. Number four, both women and men can be allergic to semen. Number five, in rare cases, menstrual cramps can cause orgasms. And number six, sex is natural antihistamine and a headache cure. Hmm. Number seven, the sale of sex toys is banned in the states of Alabama and Mississippi. Number eight, black women are 50% more likely to reach orgasm during sex than white women. Uh, okay, I don't know how they did that research, but okay. Number nine, <laughs> during during ejaculation, a man's semen travels about 28 miles per hour. Number ten, there are about 1,000 euphemisms for the word vagina in the English language. Number eleven, men with an active sex life have a longer life expectancy of um, more than 80 years on average. Number 12, uh, a man will ejaculate 14 gallons of semen in a lifetime. <laughs> and number 13, there are approximately 100 million sex acts performed each day. That's about how many tweets are written each day. <laughs> the end. Voila. Um, yes, quite a few of those I had not known before this night. So I hope there's some new information for you out there. The studious among you about your your wang or your orgasms or your your lady parts or what have you. <laughs> Anyways, yes, I'm gonna play another song real quick and then I will do the live reading for you of Welcome to Eden. 
Um, but for now, please enjoy this next song. It's called Elaine by Dive Bomber.
was the group Dive Bomber with the song Elaine. Alrighty, okay, so I will do a live reading now of the heart-shaped box. Welcome to Eden, part one. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Eden, or Eden's Den, rather. Here, you're sure to find something quite heavenly indeed, so long as pussy is your flavor. Entre vous, chez Eden's Den, a hidden, decidedly illicit, members-only lap dance club, tucked away on an industrial lot in Detente City's most notoriously colorful hot spot. These painted ladies have no need for your pleasantry. They prefer to catch the chase. Who needs small talk, anyway? Were you really going to invite uh, Candy to your latest board meeting, Mr. CEO? Dine with Cookie at your cookie-cutter country club? Didn't think so. The cavalier nature of this particular breed of Eve is exactly what keeps the den in business after all these years. Our establishment has remained veritably untouched by the local livestock. Pigs, shall we say? We are, however, frequented by those of the floating world. Whales, naturally. And hey, why ruin a sure thing? Management makes sure to send only the creme they pitch to the horny, hungry, perpetually hard, ever-so-eager members of the card-carrying league of the state. In fact, the truth does not hurt. She feels good, really good, sugar. Honest. As a matter of fact, the truth can grin, giggle, and gag upon your pearly white goodness all over your cocktail napkin and two to three minutes flat if you're the impatient type. And most pigs are. Ah, uh, greed. It rules this town. But it does not rule the den. No. That title belongs to the filthiest, kinkiest, most low-down, breathtakingly beautiful bombshell of all time. Ne Tessa de la Cour, she answers to porcelain during night shift here down on the pleasure strip. Porcelain likes it hard. And she won't stop until your wallet, your willy, and the belief in your own present. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, this is like not the original one, so excuse me, I'm trying to remember from memory, <laughs> and the belief in your own shadow until you've gone soft, limp, or empty. Porcelain detests broken men. Nevertheless, this tantalizing, <laughs> this tantalizing cunt will fondle your pockets until it is made abundantly clear to you and to everyone else that you are inconsequential, nothing, a blip, a waste of space. Still, she will continue to smile, peer at you innocently beneath her luscious mink and fur lashes, purse her Chanel-laden lips 
flash her sphinx-like grin, carefully concealing the genesis of her spoiled, rotten nature. Part her lips, uh, her legs, sorry, in your direction. Thrust her prize one tit towards your lonely heart. Massage your neck with her perfectly manicured nails. Toss her voluminous blonde tresses. Lower her sinfully seductive lids, shielding her enticingly doe-like sea-green eyes. Expose her long, lean legs and dainty feet, bound in black. <laughs> they cost more than any gift you've ever procured for any of your other ladies of, of the night, or even your wife, for that matter. Oh, my goodness. Still waiting? Porcelain knows this. That's exactly why she smiles. That is precisely why she giggles ever so coquettishly at your jokes. Did she really lead you to believe that you were funny? Damn. She's good. And that is why she's here. Par Porcelain is our lady in wait, par excellence. This little diamond double D double doll knows full well that you're accustomed to waiting a very long time. She appears indifferent, naive. I know better. When she decides to strike, you will have never seen it coming. Poor thing. That little Luciferina knows you like the Lord's Prayer. This is paradise, after all. Welcome to Eden. The end, and yeah, excuse a bit of the hesitation. I was reading off of a rough draft and not the finalized one. Those of you who've been around for a while, you've heard the complete, complete version. But I hope you enjoyed that all out there. <laughs> and in the meanwhile, I will give you another song, and I will be right back with you. I will play, hmm, where'd it go? Let's see, I'm going to play Miracle by... Nonpoint, and I'll be right back with you. Here you go.
Okay. So you've just listened to The Operation by Kuka and Tommy Tornado by Noise Problems. And uh, while we're waiting, um, I believe GCAP will still be joining us this evening. But in the meanwhile, uh, time for another round of story time. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to do a live reading of They Always Come or The Fall Back. Here we go. Hello, I'm September, and I've done a terrible thing. Maybe more than one thing. I'll start near the end and work my way back to the start. But for now, let's just say that I considered myself a fairly ethical girl, or at least a fairly ethical slut. I never thought I would sleep with someone from my personal life who I had known for so very many years. Not once he got married. But damn. In a weird way, it sort of reinforces my own power in the grand scheme of the feminine mystique. Do I wish I could take it back? Well, yes. And no. The feeling and the memory is so fresh in my mind. Fresh on my lips. Fresh and my throbbing, wet pussy. However, mentally, it has me in the crux of a moral dilemma. The wife? Well, I've also known her for just as long. You see, we were all schoolmates once. We stayed in touch, albeit sporadically, as time turned on. And that's the thing. I remember being a bit miffed when I first learned they had started dating back in college. You see, because he was my boyfriend once. And though I harbored no unrequited love for him and did not want him back, well, I just never saw it coming. Apparently, she had had her own yearnings for him all throughout our school days, and I never knew. I found this out much later. So, it was kind of mind-blowing to think that someone sharing all the same courses, same set of friends, attended the same parties, was secretly planning her own takeover. Well, okay, this sort of thing happens from time to time, sure. But if you only knew the things he and I had done in our school time, the unmentionable that everyone found out about. We were scandalized. And we deserved it. The sexual deviancy of our youth was in full bloom and on display for everyone to gossip about, hiding behind their smiles and curious glances. I thought that this might taint the sensibility of our refined female ilk amongst the good kids. I knew the boys would never mind. I mean, I I single-handedly sucked every single guy I wanted to, both before and after the event that nearly jeopardized our scholastic future. But we were so good, you see. In every other way, at least. Excellent grades, good-looking, 
Unease, Popular, all of us. And, well, maybe that raised his status in her eyes when everyone found out exactly how audacious we had been. We all had dreams. We fulfilled quite a few of them. All of us. You see, she and I, we started out with damn near identical goals. She ultimately went one way. Me, I went another. Sure, I accomplished a hell of a lot. Anyone who thumbs through my curriculum vitae would have no idea as to what really goes on in secret, in the dark, on the screen, or in a closed, shaded room where two consenting adults agree to feign anonymity. Ah, but who would have envisioned that the lines would blur yet again between reckless abandon and propriety? I held out for as long as I could that night. Really, I did. It was in no way planned. I made no effort to doll myself up, stroll seductively before his eyes, nor flaunt my tight, lean body and puffy, perky tits. Honest. But maybe that's what made it all the better. And all the worse. She would cringe if she knew, or maybe she would just block it out, pretending the elephant in the room wasn't squatting directly in her face, reveling in the power of her pink. There were so many opportunities to call the whole thing off that night before we agreed to meet face-to-face, just to hang out. A yes and a no, a wait and a never mind, and then a pause, and then a text a short while later, and we really did just hang out at first. And that was They Always Come, a.k.a. The Fallback. And now I will play the song Forever by In This Moment. Here we go.
Hello, party people. Right now, I'm going to read for you uh, a poem by one of my favorite French écrivains, Mr. Charles Baudelaire. And I will start right now. I don't know if I should do it in English or in French. I don't know. Um, you know what? I'm just going to start with um, where that poem came from on my former um, postings of my blog when it first started off with WordPress. Anyways, okay, so a night for white nights. I always do depend on the kindness of strangers. Today calls for a tribute to the white knights in shining armor who have been so generous throughout my lifetime and career as a web chick. You mean so very much, and you do so very much, to make me smile, to make me laugh, make me thank the stars above that they're living, breathing angels right here on earth. Here's to a long, luxurious alliance of kindred spirits, lonely hearts, abundant moments of joy, and unbridled excellence. It's all because of you that any of this is possible. You keep me going through good times and bad, through the dawn's early light, and the periods of the abyss which befall despite my most earnest intentions. In honor of you, and in honor of the tribute, <laughs> here's one of my most favorite poems by Monsieur Charles Baudelaire. <laughs> okay. Une passante. La rue assourdissante autour de moi hurlait. Longue, main, un grand deuil, douleur majestueuse. Une femme passa d'une main fastueuse. Souvent, balançant, le feston et l'ourlé. Agile et noble avec sa jambe de statue, moi je buvais, crispé comme un extravagant. Dans son oeil, ciel livide où j'aime l'ouragan, la douceur qui fascine et le plaisir qui tue. Un éclair, puis la nuit, fugitive beauté, dont le regard m'a fait soudainement renaître. Ne te verrai-je plus que dans l'éternité? Ailleurs, bien loin d'ici, trop tard, jamais peut-être, car j'ignore où tu fuis, tu ne sais où je vais, au toi qui je connais, au toi qui le savais. And this was my English translation. The busy boulevard screeched all around me. Long, thin, and great mourning, majestic sorrow. A woman passed, of such controlled, elegant poise and grace, lifting, swinging, her hymns and her scene. Agile and noble, with her statuesque legs. Me, I was drunk in her presence, tense like an extravagant. And her eyes a blue sky from which hurricanes are stirred, a fascinating tenderness and a pleasure which kills, a flash, the night falls, fugitive beauty whose eyes had so suddenly awakened me within. Will I never see you again for all of eternity? Elsewhere, quite far away from this moment, too late, never perhaps, for I have no idea where you have fled. You know not of where I'm going. 
Oh, you, who I would have loved. Oh, you, who knew this all along. Voila. That concludes the reading of A Une Passante by Mr. Charles Baudelaire. Good night.
Do you know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> it is time for another round of story time, coincidentally. <laughs> Yay. All righty, I'm, I'm going to read uh, Daniel and the Third Leg um, by request. So please enjoy. Here we go. Wake the fuck up, D-Man. Yo. What the fuck? Daniel grumbled. It is somewhere around two in the morning, and Daniel had only just made it to sleep. He is home alone and looking forward to welcoming a brand new day as a man. It is officially his 18th birthday. He had not anticipated any sort of rude awakening as he slipped into nice, peaceful slumber shortly after rubbing one out watching women's tennis on the sports channel. He had been watching Katya, some young, 20-something Russian femme fatale, grunting, glistening, and working her hot little tail off as she volleyed back and forth during some otherwise faceless tennis match. Katya's shrieks, sighs, and wiggles were etched at least semi-permanently in the recesses of Daniel's wonderful playground he called the brain. And now this. Daniel recognizes his best friend's voice immediately, but is still not quite sure why Chuck is knocking and yelling so violently outside of his window. What time is it, anyway? And what brand of shenanigans is Chuck up to now? And why do I always have to be the first to know? You need a fucking hobby, man. I just got to sleep. Can't you just come back tomorrow? Dan croaks barely audible over the loud rustling of feet. More than one set of feet, in fact, beneath his, be- his bedroom window. What? You don't even know, man, Chuck Bellows. We're here to rescue you. Say what? Rescue me from what? From your own self. Now get up and throw on some clothes. I've got some friends down here who want to meet the birthday boy, Chuck yells out still not bothering to think of who might be overhearing his booming voice in the dead of the night. All right, man. All right, but hold on. And who the fuck is Lee? Go to the front door like a normal human being, would you? Dan retorts weakly, grabbing his sweat off of his dresser. Dan heads to the front door of his parents' house, who were luckily away for most of the weekend. Supposedly, anyways. He wasn't so sure they wouldn't surprise him with an early arrival of their own. As he throws open the door, he sees Chuck, a.k.a. Chester, with two very attractive ladies in tow. Oh. This is what you meant by we, Dan says slowly, suddenly feeling very embarrassed in his holy sweat, which had surely seen better days. And his bare chest, which had only recently begun to differentiate him from that of a prepubescent. Uh, hi, he begins again. Aloha, says the tan, leggy brunette as she glides past him and into the foyer. Don't be rude. Let these ladies come in. And quickly, it's cold. As you can see, they don't have all that much on, bro. Chuck grins as he punches Dan playfully in the shoulder. The blonde enters just behind Chuck and offers a shy smile at Dan. Happy birthday, Danny, 
she says, in a voice barely above a whisper. Dan, Chuck, and the two mystery ladies head upstairs to Dan's room silently as he leads the way. This is awkward, he muses silently, as he wonders how he might shield any spontaneous display of arousal incited by these potent creatures of the night. He curses the fact that his sweats are so painfully thin. It's pretty late, and you even tell me you're just going to show up at my door all unannounced and shit. I'm not really in the mood to drive right now. I already put my new Z4 away in the garage, and we are not going in your busted-ass car, Dan rants, mumbling in Chuck's direction. He continues on, flustered. The party is later on tonight, remember? Not now. Hence the house being so quiet, dumbass. My girl is even back in town yet. Dan trails off, not wanting to provide too much detail about Christine, his childhood sweetheart, who he was not all that sure about these days. Whatever, dude. Fuck her. Do you really care about Christine? Really? It's your birthday, and where is she? And how can you even be sure? You believe everything that bitch tells you? Hey, 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 cool it, boys. I don't want you calling any girl a bitch in my presence, Chuck. What did I tell you about that, mister? The brunette says evenly, scowling prettily at Chuck. Look, doll, she continues, turning her attention to Dan. If you don't want to go out, that's cool. I totally thought he warned you in advance. I should have known better. But no bother. Chuck, I need your car keys for a minute. Wait, for what? Chuck grimaces. Well, if he doesn't want to go out, we'll just have to bring the party to him. There's more of you? Dan exclaims, his eyes lighting up. Now that they're all standing around in the light in his bedroom, he can see the two babes much more clearly. They were hot. The brunette, the saucy one, is all overexposed with tight asset-washed jeans that look painted on. Her white lace halter top barely covers her full, heaving breast. The blonde is slightly more demure, but her tight red sweater, <coughs> red sweater dress hugs her tiny, curvy frame and hits at the little, hits at the little perky pillows beneath. No bra between the two of them. Nice. Christine who? The sound of the brunette's raspy voice instantly brings Dan back down enough in his pants to avoid causing a scene. Barely. Um, not exactly, she purrs seductively. Maybe less of us would be more appropriate to say. We'll be right back, gentlemen. Have some guy time the buxom brunette says slyly, grinning like a treasure cat. The motherhead brunette grabs the blonde's arm, and they saunter out of the room together slowly. The blonde looks back before fully exiting the room. You're a hottie, she says coyly, again in a breathy, whispered tone, before she scampers off. There's a moment of silence. Dan looks at Chuck with a curious, questioning glance. Uh, yeah, 
he says after a beat. Fuck yeah, tugboat. All right, what's the deal? I don't know how you're able to rally up some chicks like that. I'm impressed. You should have told me you are going to surprise me like that. You're just trying to make me look like a schmuck, huh? Dan chides. My bad. No, I'm not, actually, Chuck winks. You know you can't stay mad anyways. I think you'll like Sable plenty. Matter of fact, I'm sure of it. All right, first things first, Dan says, while regaining his composure. Who's who? You never introduced me, Einstein. Well, the bossy brunette with the rockin' knockers, that's Blade. That's my new girlfriend, Chuck boasts proudly. Since when? Since I met her, like, I don't know, two or three weekends ago at her club. Her club, Dan squints. Okay, you mean like the YMCA or some shit? Dan jokes. Smart ass. And the other one, Dan asks, mentally crossing Le Jug off of his big tit wish list. Wait. <clears throat> you didn't. They're twins, man, couldn't you tell? Chuck says, furrowing his brow. Bullshit, Dan exclaims incredulously. Why bullshit? You never heard a hair dye? A boob job? Six inch heels? <laughs> well, maybe I didn't look closely enough, Dan mutters. Does Fable work in the same uh, establishment? How old are they anyway? They can't be from Lincoln, Dan concludes aloud, referring to his high school graduating class from Lincoln Prep. Ha ha, <laughs> Chuck snorts. They're grown and sexy. What's the matter to you? He pauses. 22. Knock, knock, Blade says cheerfully as she bursts through the door with her laptop under her arm and a lot less clothing. Blade has returned in a major way, decked out in black leather chaps, a teeny black thong that just sort of disappears into the crease of her tight, round ass. Silver tassels hang off of her enormous tits, attached precariously with decidedly strong duct tape. Who knows? Her hair is blown out, Texas style, and a lot more wild and, mu- and mussed up than before. And she smells of heaven. Sable peers into the room, blushing visibly and hiding her little spinner frame behind the door frame. Don't be so shy, sis, Blade hisses. Come in already. We need to put these boys to bed. Sable clears her throat and walks into view slowly. She's dressed head to toe in the same get-up as her sister, but in red. She has also added wings to her shoulders. Nice touch. The silver tassels on her small perky breasts hang teasingly as they flitter about along her taut midriff. Her legs are sinewy and strong, with a well-defined but sleek curve to her calves. Sable's blue eyes flash innocently but provocatively at the same time as she looks up shyly at Dan's six-foot frame. 
have a seat, birthday dance. Table stammers, her breast quickening as she stares down fixedly at Dan's sweat. Whatever you say, gorgeous, Dan grunts, trying in vain to arrange himself and lessen the intensity of his throbbing ego. Sable approaches his lap and turns facing away from him. The delicious heat from her pussy and ass causes Dan to clasp his fingers around the arms of his sofa chair, holding back the urge to press his lips anywhere she just might let him. Dan silently mouths, Thank you, to his compadre, Chuck, the chester, and makes a mental note to somehow return the favor. This is quite possibly the best gift ever. Well, aside from the Z4 from his grandparents. Sort of. Dan's eyes return to focus once again on the sweetest peach he ever did see. Chuck dims the light. Blade starts up a sexy dubstep playlist on her iPad. Sable whips back around to face Dan, leaning in and pressing her lips against his ear. She widens her stand, and then, in one sweeping motion, straddles his closed cock expertly at just the right and most infuriating angle. Her heat. His heat. Electric. Now where did that shy little angel go? Dan grins wryly. Sable cradles Dan's neck in the crook of her arm. Her lips graze his ear. Her breath tickles the tiny hairs on his sideburn. Easy now, young man, Sable coos, flashing her mischievous eyes at Dan as he grows more and more aroused. She returns to his neck rustling his hair gently with her fingertips. Shielding her face from the other couple, she hums softly along with the music as she tightens herself more securely around his waist. Without warning, Sable lifts herself up just above his lap, locking eyes with him as she stares down at her willing prey. Smiling wickedly, Sable forces Dan's eager face down towards her belly button, I didn't know you had a third leg, she moans. Shall I continue? Christine who? The end. <laughs> that was Daniel and the third leg. Um, and that's part of my Living Grind erotica collection. <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed that out there. And I'll play a song for you now. I'll play Drop by Legendary Inc. There you go. <laughs> Oh, 
make that booty bounce, then bring it on back. I love the way you clap with that zip in your back. Girl, you so sexy. The way you make it drop, pick it up, throw it back for a little, then stop. Now, drop, 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 drop. Then make that booty pop.